The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, Rick. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue in my, my words. Well, how about this rumor that you are really hired, Mr. Stark? And welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation Comic Book Chronicles. I'm your host, Tim Deal, Double G. And tonight I'm joined by the man behind the sound effects for this evening at Roddy Cat on Twitter. <laughs> Once again, Fuji, yeah, it's almost about Tim was about to say Agent 7. I, I felt it. I yeah. felt it. <laughs> had, to pa- had to give it that pause for that one second. It's all good. It's all good. So, yes, Agent 70 is currently stuck at the office doing his uh, 9 to 5 plus gig. Or oh, he's out fighting crime. One of the two. We don't know. One of the two. And at PCN underscore Dirt is having some <laughs> Windows update issues because those want to get pushed out this week. So he'll be joining us a little later once he's gotten that strained out. But we want to remind you to go to our website, theclicknation.com, where you can find previous episodes of the Comic Book Chronicles, Comic Book News, and Reviews. Oops, have a friend on the wrong one. It happens. Yeah. On the homepage, you'll find links to our social media accounts. We're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, Google Plus. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, uh, TuneIn Radio, and YouTube, where you can watch the video video stream of the podcast every Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Time. We are part of the Coast of the Podcast Network. Go to CSPN.us. Do it today. And while you're there, buy some Comic Book Chronicles merchandise by going to shop.cspn.us. Which there's a new bag I, I, I thought I saw. Is that, I, haven't, that I haven't got to the site in a while. I need to uh, see if they've reloaded the shop. Yeah, I thought I saw when the CSPN tweeted out the, the link last week. There was like a, a like a little duffel bag or something that was next yeah. to, to the picture. I'm like, oh, that's kind of neat. I'm going to check yeah. that out. Definitely do that. And if you buy something, send us a, a picture of it. Yeah, do that. So, comic book <laughs> reviews of the week. We're going to begin with a new number one over at Marvel Comics, and that is Black Panther and the Crew number one. So, which I do not have the... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I should have put that up too, but I didn't. But I'll get the cover. the cover. Okay, cool. Mad because my shop didn't have the hip-hop cover because I didn't get it. But um, but it's all good. I'll find it somewhere, I'm sure. But yes, Black Panther, the crew number one. So I've been uh, hotly anticipating this book because it's the crew, or at least it is a new version of the crew. Um, why is there an empty hangout? Anyway, I'm looking at way too much. So here we have, um, it starts off back in the day, 1957 to be, to be precise, with a story about a dude that may or may not have ties to a certain familiar-looking uh, super-powered group, or a crew, if, if you want to put it that way. Um, it cuts to a story of that, but then it cuts to the, um, to the present, to where this person is, um, has been apparently a rabble-rouser, always up in the police's face, always getting arrested, and whoa. 
<laughs> um, always gets arrested, you know, always, you know, always trying to just check the police on, on their actions, that kind of stuff. He has been put in police custody and just like something ripped out of the headlines, he is um, murdered while in police custody. Um, and when we cut to the present, we are cutting to the day of uh, his his funeral, which is in Harlem, which is apparently where he's from. Okay, what is what is going on? <laughs> I'm trying to work on it. Okay, no problem. Sorry. Um, so you know, and as such things has happened, just like in the um, in the headlines, there's um, some community concern. There's police out in action. Uh, the because of this, the Americops got got brought in. <clears throat> as and if you've um, been Reading Sam, uh, Captain America, Sam Wilson, you know about the American cops. They're pretty much a private, militarily, um, you know, geared up security force who take no, who have no problem with just roughing up civilians. And I'm sure there are plenty of police forces out there now that would love to be them. But anyway, uh, enough of the editorializing. So yeah, we definitely get, um, you know, some real world field feel from this already. So the cops are coming to the funeral because they want to question the family because apparently they think one of the family members, I don't know what they're, what they were looking for, but there was a, you know, there's a group outside full of uh, community minded people. Oh, and also I should take into to mention, cause this is going to come up later. Harlem has a curfew now. And which is the other reason why uh, the Americops got, got um, because of the, you know, the actions going on. So, the cops are trying to get into the the guy's funeral, uh, and the family just wants you know to be left alone while this is going on. It just so happens that Misty Knight was called in by the family to help um, to help investigate because the family thinks is you know obviously it was the police's fault you know because they were in police custody. Like I said, it, this the story behind that is just ringing just like something you would have heard out here would have heard out in the news. Uh, Misty gets called in. Misty knows about the guy. He can you know. Because when she was on the forest, apparently she's had some dealings with him and knows him, you know, to to be the rabble that he was. But you know, because the family called him in, she's gonna she's working the case. And while the police is trying to come in to get the judge, she kind of backs them down because you know, Missy's got connections. She'll get that behind like glue. So um, there's also with the family another person who we don't know who it is at first, but Missy apparently does. And if you don't look. It takes probably a minute or two to kind of catch who it is, but we will find out later on who it is, who is also concerned because she's a family friend and, you know, wants to see justice done. So what ends up happening is, um, you know, her and Misty ends up talking. They're walking along. Apparently curfew comes up um, and um, they get attacked by the Americops who, you know, come after Misty and, and this other person. And um, Misty holds her own for a little bit. Until you know, some more Americops shows up, and then this other person who we find out to be Storm, you know, shows herself and uh, fends off the cops, and then they go off because they find out like, look, there's something's going on here, and we gotta uh, we gotta figure out what's going on, and that's where the issue ends. Like none of the other crew shows up in this. This is just straight up just Misty and Storm on this one in the beginning. I like the the whole you know kind of rip from the headline thing is whatever it is you know it is pretty much fair games for for stories you know, nowadays so i didn't have too much problem with that i thought it was an interesting way to start this one off because oh there was also a reference to little mogadishu which if you've read the original crew um 
uh, miniseries, that's where that takes place, but there's no telling whether, you know, they're going to go back to that or it's just going to be another no line of references. Um, but that pretty much what starts at least part of this crew in action. And I imagine we will see the rest of the, the crew come in in the next issue or two. So, but like I said, I, I enjoyed it. It was a, you know, it was a pretty grounded and it made sense, or, you know, for at least Misty at first to, to be surrounded. But what we tend to forget is that Storm has roots in Harlem too, which, you know, gets brought up in the story. And that's what brought her to, um, to this. So we start to see, you know, people's uh, motivations of getting involved in what's going on here, which, to which I will imagine we will see you know, everybody else's as they come in. And I think, well, Black Panther's kind of probably will be kind of um, slightly obvious because, you know, he's spent some time in Harlem before. So, and Luke, you know, Manifold, we don't know yet because, like I said, he hasn't shown up yet. But I imagine that all of that will come out. But like I said, uh, for a beginning story, it, it was pretty good. Like, it was pretty light on action. It was, it was more just setting up the um, what the plot is going to be more than anything with a little bit of action at the end. So we shall see how this plays out. All right. Sounds interesting. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll see how they pick it. It's time to hit the coats. So, um, Who's been doing the main Black Panther series and co-writing the World of Wakanda book. You might as well say that the, the Black Panther is, is beginning to be a line of its own, you know, like the like the X Men and the and the uh, and Spider Man have their own kind of lines of books, right? So. All right, and bring up the cover for the next book. All right. And while I'm trying to bring it up, I'll just say it's going to be another of the Marvel Resurrection titles, X Men Blue. Ah, yes, I didn't get a chance to read this one. I liked it. I had intended to to read it because you know X Men Gold outside of well no one really we'll get to that later on but you know outside of the troubles nobody really knew about it until it came out later you know the book read pretty well yeah uh, it was three hours clicks of the week last week yeah yes that's absolutely true so and we're not gonna back I don't think we're gonna back down off of that because the story is what it was and the 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 uh, troubles with the artist aside that had are separate to I will the, say uh, book. I, w- I was the only one not to, to pick a controversial book last week. Well, we didn't know it was a controversial book un- un- until later on. So, And obviously, That's- Doug is trying to log in now. So whenever he's uh-huh. situated. Lucha Elvis thing going on. Yep. We can. Okay. Apparently, my webcam is not going to work. Uh-oh. So, so basically, I, I have put on the Windows 10 Creators Update, as it's called. The anniversary um, update, whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, and uh, it does not... It, okay, so I have my own virus protection. I use AVG antivirus, and I've used it for years. I love it. You get a lot of false <laughs> positives, but I'd rather be more secure than less. Um, <laughs> they added their own... You know, I mean, they have their own Windows Defender they've had for a long time, but now they've made it... It's almost impossible to get rid of. I haven't figured right. out how. I've gone into the registry. I've gone... Uh, the group policy edis- editor is now gone from the creator's update, so I don't know what to do about that. Nope. I, I cannot go in and... Like, I have my own firewall built into my router. I have my own antivirus, and yet their antivirus and their firewall want to take over my system. Because everything's baked in now. Right, and I want to go in and shut it off because I don't need that. And uh, they keep turning it back on. So, unfortunately, one of the things that's happening is it's killing my uh, webcam software. 
so it thinks my webcam software is trying to make some sort of unauthorized use of the firewall thing, whatever, and so it just won't let me my webcam. So I got a whole big ball of nothing. Yeah, who knows what else is broken? Yeah, well, really. But hey, they did they did improve uh, Edge, and it's now fifty uh, percent less crappy than it was before. I probably need to use Edge more often instead of Chrome, having a million Chrome windows open. Yeah, I mean Edge is pretty it nice works. as far as like memory. Yeah. Uh, the the only thing is I've had some issues with uh, like certain plugins that I use in Chrome that they just don't have the extensions or the plugins available in Edge, and I'm just so used to like I have not typed in a password in so long, you know, because I've got everything backed up and saved and encrypted and whatever, and it just it's not going to work in Edge, and so it's like I don't I don't even remember what my username and password is for half the stuff. So <laughs> until they find happen? a way to. I wonder how Edge's LastPass uh, plugin is. Yeah, I've tried it, but the problem is it goes to a place and it's like, all right, type in your username and password and we'll save it. And it's like, well, I don't remember. That's why I wanted the software in the first place. So they have to open up Chrome to go into the password thing to find out what it is. And it's like, by that time, I'm like, "Ah, I'm already in Chrome. I'll just keep using it. So anyway, all right. uh, So what have you guys, what horrible books have you talked about already? (laughs) Funny. (laughs) We did Uh, Black Panther and the crew number one. Okay. And we're just about to do X-Men Blue, number one. Which, by the way, hey, everybody, it's uh, PC Dunn, Sakura Dirt. <laughs> we are there any... are stuck well, with was... this face the rest of the night. Yeah, sorry about that, but... Uh, what's uh, So are, are there any, like, Nazi references in X-Men Blue or any... Uh... <laughs> like any terrorist threats being made in the backs of the pages or anything? It's a Hispanic uh, artist this time, so... So the Medellin drug cartel has got hidden messages on where they hide the bodies in the background. I would have the... appreciated some uh, Fast and Furious references since that comes <laughs> out this weekend. Oh, no. They like to go to to Latin countries during those movies. Well, luckily I haven't read this one, so you guys go ahead. So this it's, your, it's all me. <laughs> so it's the original five X-Men back together again with the slightly different team dynamic. Jean Grey, a.k.a. Marvel Girl, as they're calling her again, is the new team leader. And they have a Blackbird instead of traveling around using a mini Banff from the previous all-new X-Men series. Which is weird, because I could have sworn I saw some pages from Jean Grey, number one, and she's got one with her. And But I think they said in X-Men Prime that Scott ran her away or something. But they said it here, too. So yeah. that Scott ran the Banff away. But they're off on a mission... Uh, it's a like a cruise ship that's being, I guess, robbed by Black Tom Cassidy, if you remember, uh, older X-Men villain from back in the day. They easily defeat him, but where Black Tom goes, usually goes another partner in crime of his, which brings in the reintroduction of the juggernaut. Bitches. Yeah. For some reason, he's got these pipe piping, like, tubes coming out of his back, which I don't remember him having before, but he kind of looks like a huge Bane. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, they have a little trouble stopping him. He's mad at Cyclops for killing his brother. You know, Charles Xavier being Juggernaut's half-brother. Scott mm. tries to tell him that, you know, that it wasn't him. It was his older self, which, of course, confuses Kane Marco. Doesn't take much. Yeah. Uh, Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, in the previous ver- volume of all new X-Men had started dabbling in magic 
which is a little different from him being the scientist. And he conjures a spell to send the juggernaut to hell to get rid of him. That's how they stop him. Cyclops gets all mad because he's like, the X-Men don't do things like this. We don't send people to hell. He's like, I sent them to Siberia via hell. So they have a little disagreement. Gene. And apparently, was there a thing about Scott not being um, not being leader anymore? I mean, they brought it up and kind of... It, it, uh, Cullen Bunn, you can tell he's kind of having fun with this book. Like, the whip, there's a lot of witty banter between all five um, team members here. So, yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, on, the, on the Blackbird flight to the uh, cruise ship, Iceman keeps t- t- referring to everyone as their first names and he's everyone keeps reminding him, you know, use code name. Well, Scott tells him, how about we use code names in the field? And he's like, Gene, Scott's acting like he's the leader again. Type of deal going on. It kind of runs through the, the entire fight sequence. Uh, but Gene does a good job of leading the team. They win the day. And then they go back to their home base, which we see is in Madripoor. And they get to wherever they're going and they uh, check in with their secret leader who turned out to be Magneto. So their original five X-Men are working with Magneto and behind Magneto. Do that one more time. What? <laughs> Sound effects. It was a little garbled though when I heard it. So it was like, and was yeah, like, oh still working God. out, still working out the kinks. That's why I had him repeat it since I was spoke over it. That's juggernaut <laughs> with a big bean burrito is what that was. <laughs> Or as Matt Wang in the chat says, Bane not. So one cool thing here is uh, on the, a monitor screen, a wall, so like a wall monitor screen behind Magneto, as we see him revealed, is a uh, different panel showing, I guess, like their targets. So uh, Magneto talks about, talk, you know, they have to go after former friends and sort of like outlaw mutants that are given, you know, mutants a bad name. So I guess that's like their mission statement. So like you see Emma Frost... Uh, you see their, their fight with Black Tom Cassidy. Uh, you see M from the previous Cullen Bunn's previous volume of Uncanny X Men. And I want to say there's like one other like uh, sort of bad mutant on there. Oh, Sebastian Shaw I think is on there. So and then oh and then at the end uh, there's a just like uh, I think it was Avengers and Uncanny Avengers had like on the last uh, not Uncanny Avengers but uh, U.S. Avengers had the final page of like things to come this year. We get the same type deal of like three uh, scenes. One has the original five X-Men being confronted by a person popping claws out who actually shows up in a backup story here. Uh, The second one shows the original Generation X team. And the third is the future Brotherhood of Evil Mutants that were in Brian Michael Bendis' run of all new X-Men. So some time traveling's going on and some former... Uh, new faces are going to be introduced. So the backup story show has to deal with this guy, uh, I guess in like a small town being hunted by the local police because they're having uh, cases of like some someone or something going around killing animals and people and stuff. So they're out hunting it. We think it's the hooded figure uh, that we're introduced to, but it's actually, turns out there's actually a Wendigo that's I think it's been killing the people. Uh, when they go attacks the police uh, group, the hooded guy jumps in to help. He pops his claws and gets to fighting. Uh, the hood comes off, and we see they don't really reveal who it is. You see a guy with like a bunch of facial hair, like brownish facial hair. But I think it's uh, the assumption is it's the 
uh, Wolverine from the Ultimate Universe, James Howlett or whatever his name is. I guess James Howlett is Wolverine's real name, but I forget whatever the young Wolverine clone from Ultimate Universe his name was. Wait, I thought he died. Secret Wars undid all that stuff, you remember? Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Just blame, just blame uh, Black Tom Cassidy, I think, was dead at one point, too, but blame Secret Wars. Sure. So that's how the issue ends. Great. And as we know, science is just magic we can't understand, by the way. I guess. I am interested in this, like, heel turn that or young Hank is taking. science we don't understand, whatever. You got me. It's like, is he going to eventually turn down the dark path that his future self did since he's dabbling with magic and things he doesn't can't control and probably doesn't understand fully. But uh, Doug, since we've both chosen a book we've read, what do you want to touch upon? Well, what we can keep it. Upon us? I would say we can keep it on the uh, Marvel side. We can even keep it in the X-Men. We can even keep it talking on the Wolverine uh, tip because I read both <laughs> Old Man Logan 21 and Weapon X number one. So amazingly enough, I have X-Men I can talk about. Which one do you want to do first? Um, I don't know that it really matters. Um, do Weapon X. We, yeah, we'll do Weapon X number one because it's the number one new series. So uh, I don't know if either of you read this because I didn't look no, at the sheet because I've been fighting with my computer. have not gotten to it yet. Okay. Um, well, just to warn you, there is Greg Land artwork within it. So keep, keep your... Uh... One reason why I wasn't rushing to get to it. <laughs> um, you know, as far as the issue goes, um, this really is a story about Wolverine. And he is trying to hunt down, apparently, um, the Weapon X program is has continued, or someone else has taken over control of it, or someone is trying to replicate it, or there's something going on, but the Weapon X program apparently is still out there in some form or another. And Wolverine is attacked and realizes that uh, something's got to be done about it. And this issue starts him on a journey of tracking down some of the other Weapon X uh, members or victims or subjects or however you want to say it um, in order to find a member that he believes has been captured and is being forced into this program. And so uh, the story itself is fine, but for those that were, you know, you pick it up and on the cover you see Domino and Sabretooth and uh, Lady Deathstrike and Old Man Logan and was um, that Thunderbird? No, Warpath, right? Warpath. Warpath, yeah, all right. So you see all of them on the cover. Well, they are not all in this book. So just keep that in mind. He's he's starting off on a journey to bring them all together, but it looks like it's going to be a while before they're all there. So this is really, honestly, this felt like an issue of Old Man Logan, in a sense. Um, it's him uh, being attacked and setting off on this journey to bring these guys together. So I guess depending on what your expectations are, um, it's either just fine or it's... Uh, an issue of Defenders, apparently, on my screen. What just happened there? But uh, nonetheless, um, I, you know, it's okay for a first issue for for the setup. You know, obviously not a lot happens yet because it's the first issue of this new series. And um, it's got to, you know, play some things before it all comes together. And um, and I guess it's fine in that regard. But my problem is, like I said, it feels like an issue of Old Man Logan. Um, he is the focus of it. 90% of this issue is looking at him, focused on him, and following him around. So, uh, you know, I picked it up, actually, I guess it, a good way to say it is I wanted to kind of expand my horizons uh, because I have not followed anything X-Men regularly outside of Old Man Logan for a long time. So I figured I'd give it a shot, and it's really nothing outside of Old Man Logan uh, for, for most of the issues. So um, it's okay. I'll give it 
you know, obviously a couple more issues to see where it's going to see if it, you know, seems to add anything else. But uh, for people hoping that you got to see a lot more of these other characters, it's, it's not happening in this issue. Um, but we can run over to old man, Logan, uh, old man, Logan, 21. Um, he is attempting to go back to the alternate timeline. He came from, uh, where he left one of the, uh, baby Hulks there in, uh, an effort to rescue the baby Hulk so that it can grow up, not to be a horrible tyrant in the, uh, dystopian alternate future. And, um, the problem is he, uh, he gets thrown into the wrong time period. Um, and so this issue sets him off really on a time traveling journey where he has this amulet. Um, and when he grabs the amulet, he pops to a different time period. But of course, as he's being thrown into this other time period, he drops the amulet and then he's got to go find it to uh, continue on his journey to try to get to the right spot. So the story itself um, really has nothing to do with the alternate future and him actually getting back to it. It's more like a, I guess an, an action oriented Bill and Ted's because he's kind of being thrown around, has no idea what he's doing and um, doesn't really remember anything about the time periods and the stuff that's going on. So it takes him a while to, uh, to get through it. There's a lot of, I want to say dialogue, but really most of it is monologue in the book. Um, and the problem is most of the monologue that you, that you're reading through is him just narrating what you're looking at. So there's a lot of, uh, I just want to sleep. I want the pain to end. No, not here. I won't be here. Stuck here in all places. I want to go home. Just send me home. That's like two pages worth of dialogue right there of the stuff that's going on. Um, and you're just, I really felt let down by this because it is, like, I understand it's going to be a journey. He's going to get there. You don't want to give it all away in the first part of this new story arc. But on the other hand, a lot of it was just not really all that interesting. It's like, oh, he got thrown in the past and he's fighting these guys in the War of 1812. I, you know, all right, I guess. But what it really comes down to is just him being thrown around and they shoot him and they go, oh, my gosh, he survived being shot. And then he pops the claws and they're like, oh, my gosh, he has claws. And then he starts cutting them and they're like, oh, my gosh, this guy's a monster. And you're like, yeah, I know all this. Like, I'm I got it. Thanks. You know, I really didn't need a whole issue to remind me of what his powers and abilities and his history is. So, uh, you know, I've I've had ups and downs with uh with uh, the book in the past. So, you know, obviously I'm not going to give up on it, you know, just because there's one not as exciting issue in the bunch, but overall I did set down the issue and feel just kind of like, ugh, that's it. Like I'm pretty let down by what happened. So, so that's it for my, uh, for my two Wolverine books. And does he leap into, does he at least leap into anybody else's bodies? No, no, just himself at different time periods. Well, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> we we don't get anything where he suddenly finds himself in a in a dress. Uh, Sam, Sam, what's oh, going boy. on? You know, Ziggy <laughs> says you have a twenty eight point nine percent chance. You know, nothing that exciting. It's how much better that would that be though? <laughs> you know, if Wolverine jumped into the body of Marilyn Monroe, I think I'd probably read that comic. Like, I'd, I'd like to know how that works out. But yeah, it, was, it was just it was just kind of flat though. It just. Uh, if you're someone who wasn't that familiar with Wolverine and didn't know that he lived through all this different stuff and, um, you know, you wanted to see some of that history, like, oh, what was the, you know, what was, what was he like back in those days? You know, then I guess whatever, you might be a little more interesting, but uh, I don't know. I just kind of felt like, eh, that's it. Eh, not much to it. Are you, you aware that the current Iron Fist writer is going to take over the series, right? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, real Jeff Lemire is leaving Marvel. I guess whenever his contract, oh. his his contract, the, the issues finally 
uh, publish. Well, uh, he's still doing this series, so his yes. name, his name is on it. So I think issue what this is twenty one. I think twenty five. The Ed Brisson takes over. Okay. So we got four more. Well, I mean that's fine. Um, you know, like I said, it wasn't terrible. But it was just you know disappointing. Right. Right. All right. It's not like, you know, okay, I'll just say this real quick to, to people who are listening. There are some books that you read and you get done reading it and you're like, I don't know what the hell I just read because that was so poorly written. Or you're looking at it going, I've been staring at this page for 10 minutes and I still don't understand what's going on in half of it because the artwork is so bad. Like, this is not that, you know? Like, like what's done is, is done professionally. It is a professionally put together comic. I'm just disappointed in the overall story and plot and you know developments of what's happening with the characters inside so by no means am i saying like this is a piece of garbage that you shouldn't buy ever uh in your entire life it's just kind of disappointing considering the great things that have been done in the series before and now i'm done speaking of what's up with uh, guardians of the galaxy 19 <laughs> bendis is gone i read that i didn't i haven't yet <laughs> i i made some comment for everybody who's listening and wondering i made a comment that uh the Guardians 19, I, I don't remember exactly what I said. Like, it was disappointing, or it was trash, or something, and s- someone said something like, oh, is it is it really that bad? And I said, no, but Bendis is. And it's <laughs> just the idea that, that I, like, I've, I'm so tired of Bendis writing anything, you know, anymore. It looks like nowadays, like, I used to really like Miles Morales, but now I see the book, and it's just like, ugh. Like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to get through this in the hope that eventually it's going to get better and Bendis is going to leave, you know, and someone can develop the character instead of doing 23 pages of them sitting in the cafeteria having a conversation over lunch, you know? Um, but yeah, Bendis is finally gone from Guardians, so it can get back on track and maybe get back to some of its history that's been ignored for the last couple of years. And... Jerry Duggan's taken over. If I'm not mistaken. Like. Huh? I said who I like, so. Yeah, so I, I haven't read too much Duggan, so I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on him a lot of times. Like when he took over, uh, well, maybe he didn't take over, but the new Deadpool series that's out now, not Mercs with the Mouth, but the main Deadpool one he does. And a lot of times on that, it's like, it's hot and cold. It's like, you'll have an issue like, oh, that's kind of fun, whatever. And then you read the next one. You're just like, I'm angry. I spent four bucks on this, you know? So we'll see how it goes. Hmm. So real quick, I want to say, I haven't read this yet, but so Guardians, Vince's run on, Guardians has actually started actually started out pretty decent. Like especially with the stuff with Ben was actually this pretty vo- this volume of Guardians of the Galaxy started out good. Yeah, but then it started getting kind of getting into some stuff. But well, there, there was after about maybe six or eight issues, people started asking the question: Has Bendis ever read? Guardians before <laughs> like he's mentioning things and he's doing stuff with characters and they're like none of this makes sense right if you go back and look at the Guardians and last year like, I think at Halloween people were tweeting out their deep dark secrets and his deep dark secrets his secret was that he had never read a Guardians book before he had just seen the movie and they asked him to do the book or he read the script to the movie while it was in production or something they asked him to do the new book and so he just started writing it really with no understanding of who the characters were and not knowing what any of the history was well, that makes sense. So I hmm. think once that came out, it was kind of like, okay, you've admitted that now. We're going to slowly cycle you out of this, and uh, we're going to move on from here. Yeah, and sadly, uh, we will never get another DNA book ever again. So, <laughs> so yeah, so Bendis has surpassed is now the official uh, title of longest run on Guardians. I think he said. Wait, is that true? Um, DNA run was twenty, like twenty five or twenty six. Well, this is 19 right here, and then... Oh, wait, and then that was the last volume. You're right. Yeah. Oh, ew. But, uh, so... Oh, wait, that, wait, 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 wait. That still can't be true, because what about the original run? 
<laughs> All right, Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't know. I believe he said that, but yeah, but I could be wrong. That if Bendis said that, then you also realize he's done absolutely no research on it and doesn't understand. <laughs> oh, and that is evident here. Uh, so you remember, I just said uh, on the last book that uh, Jeff Lemire was leaving Marvel. You know, he's currently writing a Thanos ongoing series where the Mad Titan is dying from some something we don't know what's actually causing it, if it's an ailment or disease or whatnot. But either way, he's dying, and he's weaker than he usually is. But here, he's nice and healthy and teaming up with the, I guess, Galactic Council, or what's left of them, the Brood Queen, uh, a Badoon, higher official, and Annalis. They they invite him to a meeting and say, like, hey, we want, we'd like you to join us because we want to uh, make the, you know, universe tremble before us yada 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 but first there's this planet that's in our way that we need to get rid of called earth you are familiar with it he goes along with it um but back on earth you know our heroes have been we've had these solo stories throughout the last like five issues whatever of each guardian uh here we catch up with peter quill and rocket raccoon as you see there on the cover on a shield hair carrier with uh captain marvel and they're trying to find a way to get off planet asking if they have access to a spaceship they can use. She says there's like only three spacecraft on the planet that could, you know, take them where they need to go. Uh, I forget what, like two of them are somewhere. And then she just happens to mention a, uh, like a, uh, what do you call those like car places where you just go like impound lot, I guess. Like it's like an impound lot for spaceships somewhere. I forget where in the U S it is. And like rocket flips out. He's like, you're just now bringing this up. Uh, but then all these alerts start going off on the helicarrier. And before we find out what it is, uh, we we uh, check in with Groot, who has taken up uh, just uh, pretending to be a tree in a park until a big black cloud comes overhead, which makes him uh, get out of his tree form and go run off. We catch up with Ben Grimm and Kitty Pride, who are who stopped Armadillo on a bridge, I think. They, of course, encountered a big cloud overhead. Uh, Venom, it, or a.k.a. Flash Thompson, is interviewing for a job until the black cloud comes overhead. So, yeah, you see the pattern. Everyone's going about their business until they're interrupted by the black cloud. And then we, it's with uh, Ed, uh, Flash Thompson check, looking out the window that we see. It's like a big armada of, like, Chitauri ships and all this other kind of stuff, which I'm pretty sure the space-keeping force of Alpha Flight it's supposed to stop these things from, you know, just showing up on our doorstep like this, especially since in the Captain America books and Captain Marvel books, she's been talking, they've been talking up this Chitauri fleet that they've been monitoring for, I don't know how long that is supposed to be heading towards the earth. And they have this big shield thing that they're talking about throwing up to prevent them from showing up. So I don't know how just this a hundred thousand ships of space aliens can just show up out the blue and be hovering over New York city. Again, Bendis not adhering to Marvel <laughs> law. Uh, he has his own continuity. Right. So, yeah, so he really does. But um, Thanos uh, lands on the helicarrier, starts fighting S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and Rocket... Uh, actually, I was going to say Rocket Raccoon, but uh, Peter Quill and Drax. Uh, Rocket Raccoon gets Captain Marvel to fly him to the impound lot for spaceships because she can fly faster than he can fly on his little jetpack. Uh, it's during the fight with Thanos on the helicarrier that we get different um, artists 
who provided art for this book because it's like six or eight different artists. So you get like an Ed, Ed McGinnis one page splash page of Drats punching Thanos in the face. You have, oh, when the Armada's coming in, we get uh, one page with a couple of different panels of Andrea Sorrentino art, the old man Logan, former artist. Uh, let's see, like Sarah Porcelli does a page. Um, Kevin McGuire, I think it's some of his frequent collaborators. The normal hit list of artists that uh, have worked on either Guardians or Bendis books. Mark Bagley uh, does a page or two. So basically all the Guardians uh, come and end up joining the fight. Oh, uh, Angela ends up taking out the the alien high council people, the brood and the um, Badoon officials. Uh, they beat up I think the issue actually ends with them, the Guardians defeating Thanos and him being like taken into custody and the Guardians getting a ship of their own to fly off and leave the planet. And that's it. Which again, when is this story supposed to be taking place? If he's currently sick and dying in his own ongoing series. <laughs> it was kind of cool seeing like the Guardians saying goodbye to the members they left on Earth. You know, so it's again the original movie Guardians that end up leaving. So Venom, Thing, uh, Angela and Kitty Pryde stay on Earth. To like Kitty and Peter Quill have a nice little hug to say goodbye. Uh, Captain Marvel and Gamora t- take a selfie in the background. It's kind of little stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like Val- Val- uh, Valerio Shitty did the majority of the art on this book. So and he's also been the ongoing artist on the series. So his art is nice, and I'd be curious to see what project he works on next. But yeah. Oh, and then the, uh, we check in with the defeated alien high council members and it's like a nihilist and uh badoon person they're like yeah you know what maybe we should leave earth alone yeah it's not worth it it's like the ho-ho the bendis humor they're so defeated you you say that like you're not a believer in it no i'll I'll leave it for the uh take your own get your own take on it Hmm. Hmm. but yeah that's the issue it's almost like they say that but then there's another event coming in two years that could (laughs) change all of that would have taken a break for 18 months from events, quote-unquote. Well, big events, but yeah. Yeah, as I, as I say, quote-unquote. Well, yeah, I was going to say, they're, they're going to take a break from big events, they say, but you'll probably have a crossover that goes between Guardians and Rocket and I Am Groot and, mm-hmm. you know, all the other... They'll probably do another Drax series that they'll tie like in. Marvel. With, you know, yeah, you'll just have all of that stuff. They'll all tie together. They just won't tie in Captain America and Spider-Man, you know. You'll still have to buy eight books a month to stay up with that one story. Ooh, maybe we'll get another Galactic Storm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Great. Anything else, Marvel? Uh, Uh, I read... Actually, I think that's it for Marvel. Actually, I only read three books this week, so I think I only have one more left. Um, I have two more Marvel, actually. So I'm guessing we can go rapid into this. Good night. We shall, or can. Okay. That being the case... um, Hmm. Unstoppable Wasp number four. So, um, I actually enjoyed this, one, this issue. So, um, I will have to get the clip for that one, but I'll get it later. Anyway, uh, so Nadia was being confronted by pound cakes of the grapplers at the end of um, last issue. She almost talks them down, talks her down issue, this issue until her partner, Letha, comes in and they hold up whatever you know, place that Nadia takes them both down 
fairly easily while giving a good lesson in um, Red Room Tactics and Krav uh, Maga. Uh, then we cut to you know her getting a new member of her girl genius gang. Um, and then the rest of the issue is pretty much her um, actually getting saved by Jarvis uh, because her best friend from the Red Room, Ying, who's been tasked to uh, bring her back, has come back to, to uh, again to get her and has her. But then Jarvis talks her down from that. And at the end of the issue, we find out that Ying is um, has a thing in the back of her neck that will cause her to explode if she doesn't bring Nadia back within 36 hours. And that's where the issue ends. But like I said, it was it was a pretty good issue. It was fun. Had a good bit of action in it, and it was um cool. It is actually a potential click of the week. So, and then my last one would be Star Wars Doctor Afra number six, which is uh, Afra and her dad escaping from the Citadel that they that they had tomb raided. That apparently has something to do with some some Jedi's and some AI that. I have no idea what was going on because I, I skipped the issue um, when the, when it first started. But basically, they escaped the Citadel. Uh, Afra pays off her debts, but and also sets up for the Star Wars and Doctor Afra crossover, which apparently will have something to do to do with the self same Citadel starting next month. And there's that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to say. I guess I'll say something. All right then. Um, let's see. So that's all you have for Marvel? Yep. Did you read any DC? But by the time I got the by the time I got the cover up, it was over. Yeah. Yeah, it's not as easy as it looks, huh, buddy? <laughs> well, especially when your laptop is sluggish and slow, no. I'm actually I'm having to use my touch screen on the laptop to do stuff get stuff to open quicker. Yeah, I actually use I've got two monitors set up and that helps having the extra space because then I can have all different windows and stuff open at the same time. It makes it a lot easier to click on things. But all right. All right, Tim, what DC book did you read this week? I read Red Hood and the Outlaws, number nine, I believe it is. Oh, wow. That was still going. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't read the last issue, but uh, Actually, I have a new story arc. I haven't, I haven't read this, but I bought it because so. it was one of the digital copy ones. Mm. Yeah, the, I think this is the first uh, review copy I got that actually had a uh, digital code in it. So that was kind of cool. This is the start of Who is Artemis Part 1. They, the trio heads to... Um, actually, let me see if I can get the cover up before I get too deep into this. Come on. Huh. Oh, the on screen. There we go. And share. Share and... Sh- there we go. The team heads to... Uh, I forget what the country's called. Like, Karan, Karanic or something. It's the place where Joko killed... Uh, Jason Todd back in the day. Oh, Kurak, Kurak. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So uh, Jason has some like mixed feelings about that. He, he says he's only been there one other time, and that I guess was a, it sounded like it was another iteration of the Red Hood and the Outlaws back when it was him, Arsenal, and Starfire. Uh, they're heading there because they have a lead on the uh, bow of Ra that Artemis has been seeking. Uh, they're flying in a an airplane that doesn't work, but Bizarro is carrying the plane outside with Artemis and Red Hood inside. The leader of Karak has he just like wiped out a, a small town or something, and he think the weapon he's using might be the bow of Ra. Uh, they get a, a warning not to fly into the city, 
of course, they ignore it. So they uh, two airplanes attack them. Uh, Bizarro just kind of like tosses the plane up in the air, flies off, takes care of the takes out the enemy fighters, and then catches the plane again and keeps it flying until this big white light shows up, and then everything goes black. When Red Hood wakes up, he's in the wreckage of the plane on the ground. So they obviously crashed. Uh, he gets captured. He doesn't know where Bizarro and Artemis are. He's kind of worried about Bizarro because he's, of course, a deformed Superman clone who can't think clearly by himself. But, of course, he ends up getting found by the townspeople. And, of course, he's the lovey-dovey uh, person that is going to be nice to the townspeople, at least from the looks of it. They're, they ask for his help. You know, it's like, he, you, you're Superman, aren't you? And he's like, he, of course, gives Pice some uh, messed up response. And then finally, Artemis, we catch up with her. She's uh, in chains, held captive. And we find out that her former friend and acquaint, uh, sort of one of her best friends on the island, Themyscira, is now the one uh, that has possession of the Bow of Ra. And it's to be continued. I like Red Hood and the Outlaws. Uh, I know a lot of people don't even pay it much attention, but Scott LaBelle's kind of the last like year or two years. I've enjoyed his DC work. Like he did Doomed and um, Red Red Hood and Arsenal. I enjoyed a lot. So this is kind of just a continuation of it. For some reason, I guess he must have like this lifelong contract with DC or something because they keep giving him <laughs> Red Hood series. He, I, and it's I like, know, like he he met Jim Lee somewhere and bought him dinner or something. The two became friends, and so he's. Constantly getting work. It's kind of confusing how that how it works. But yeah, you know, like I said, um, I, I haven't had a chance to read all the way through it. The artwork is a little off putting in spots when I flip through it. Um, there's a couple spots where it seems like I can't figure out is it trying to be manga or um, trying to be like '90s image, um, and then sometimes it feels original, but it seems to have this real personality disorder to it. But uh, you know, I figured I'd give it a shot. Um, since it is kicking off this, I don't know if it just started this issue or last issue, but it's a newer arc. So I figured I'd at least, you know, give it a try, see what happens. It's, and it is the beginning issue. Okay. Or the beginning of the story. And Agent underscore 70 is with us. Woohoo! Can you guys hear me? Yep. <laughs> Not quite the same level of applause, but it's still there. <laughs> Boy, that's the Google Effects version. That's going away. Yeah, after Is April twenty fifth. Okay, yep. so we got two weeks left, I guess. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I've just got two other DC books I can go through pretty quickly, actually. And I got um, one. So. Well, I've got Action Comics and Supergirl. Is your one either of those? Yep. Okay then. Let's start with Action. Action Comics nine seventy seven. Um, this is part of the. Uh, Superman Reborn Aftermath, um, and it is quite honestly um, a recap of Superman's origin, uh, his whole history, his storyline. Um, for anybody that has not been paying attention, hasn't been listening to the show or, or watching what's been going on in the Superman books, there, there have been two Supermen running around. One of them died. The other one is the old guy from the 90s series from an alternate universe who came back and took his place, and then they found out that some sort of being which is probably Dr. Manhattan from Watchmen, but we'll get to that later, um, has like split his power in order to keep him weak. And so that's why there were two versions of Superman. Now they've been realigned and uh, rejoined together. Um, and when that happened, 
the whole history of Superman changed. And so the new 52 version of Superman was more or less written out of history. And all of the history of the original Superman overrode it. Um, so nobody remembers the other guy. No one remembers any of the stuff he went through, which makes me wonder what happened to the, uh, the uh, professional wrestling organization of the old gods. That was such a fun story. Um, but nonetheless, if you wanted to know what Superman's history was, you weren't familiar with the character, and you wanted to get a recap, this is the issue. Uh, it does throw in a couple breadcrumbs of something going on in the background, some guy gathering together villains for some nefarious purpose against Superman that we don't know exactly what it is. Um, but this is just like a recap. You want to know what Krypton was like? You wanted to know what it was like when his parents put him into the rocket ship? You want to know what it was like when the Kents found him on Earth? If you want to know what it was like uh, you know, when he came to Metropolis, I mean, all of this stuff is is mentioned in there. It shows Lex Luthor as a kid with curly red hair uh, when he first discovered kryptonite. Uh, you know, it throws all of that stuff. So it looks like it's gone back to uh, that history of Superman. So uh, all your answers, all your questions answered about his history and where he stands now in the DC Universe uh, rebirth uh, universe. But unfortunately, that's really it. So there's not a whole lot else beyond that recap. So um, it feels kind of like a filler issue because there's not a whole lot else. Like I said, there's some breadcrumbs of something else going on with the villain, but it's not enough to, you know, really move a story. It's just there to put uh, breaks in the recap so that you can move to different eras of Superman's history. So um, not again, it's kind of like the uh, old man Logan where it's not bad. It's just, you know, uh, kind of disappointing because nothing really happens. Uh, Supergirl number eight, I'm still not a fan of the artwork, but uh, what happens in this issue is Superman comes to visit Supergirl, and he reveals to her that his entire history has been rewritten. And if you want to know what that history is, you can pick up Action Comics 977 to get that history that you hear Mm -hmm. about in Supergirl. So uh, they've at least, you know, tied them together. You can tell that someone, at least somewhere in editorial, is going, hey, here's some post-it notes. Make sure you uh, work this stuff together. this issue is all about defining the relationship that this new version of Superman has with Supergirl. Things are a little different. They're not as weird as they were before. Um, She's not as angry as uh, apparently she has been recently. Um, And the two of them are, you know, working together just fine. So um, again, there's, there's no real problem with it, but it's again, set up to reestablish your baseline for, um, you know, the relationship the two characters have. So again, there's not a whole lot to it beyond just giving you that history and, um, you know, retelling you to go check that stuff out. So again, not terrible, but it is a little disappointing. So uh, that's all I have for DC. Does anybody else have a DC to throw in there? Nay. Yeah, I got one. Um, So that being the case, uh, Titans number 10. So this is actually uh, still a pretty good book. Uh, this issue finds the Fism Five who back in action. Who, uh, if you have not been reading the last couple of issues, they uh, own operate Meta Solutions, which is uh, on the surface is um, a place where people with powers could either learn how to use their powers or get rid of them. Uh, behind the scenes, it, it appears that they are taking these said powers and um, selling them off to someone else. Um. So the Titans find this out because Mal Duncan went to them to get his powers taken away and his wife, Karen Beecher, a.k.a. Bumblebee, went there um, to get an understanding of her 
newly enhanced or I guess newly enhanced powers or new powers. I'm not sure what which the case may be. Um, because she's been having like flashes of them and doesn't know how to control them. So she went there to, to see about that. Um, the Titans went in to kind of infiltrate and they got caught or at least a couple of them did, AKA Nightwing and the flash. The rest of the team got worried about them. They went after them. They end up getting caught this issue uh, and beat by the first and five. And in turn, the first and five gets beat up by Bumblebee, but not before Simon ends up taking away her memories of Mal Duncan and her kid. Um, which leads the crew into trying to figure out a one how to get those back and trying to figure out why he decided to take those for whatever reason decided to he, he decided to take those from him. But it all leads back to Hive, and at the end of the issue, we see Deathstroke. So this is where that road is going. Um, next issue, but I enjoyed it. So and that's all the DC books for me. In fact, that's all of my books. <clears throat> Uh, I do have one other small press book. Uh, it's called Solar Flare. And I think the cover is in what I gave Tim. Um, it's Solar Flare from Scout Comics. And basically the uh, the quick rundown is there's a solar flare, uh, thus the name of the title, Solar Flare, that's coming to Earth and it's going to wipe out all the electronics. Um, and so it's the start of a post-apocalyptic future. Society is going to fall um, but the, the thing that's interesting about this one is that it's starting more or less on day one. Uh, so you, you're going to see how all this stuff is happening. Um, it actually teases you by opening with um, a scene that it says in late fall, but then it jumps back to the beginning of March, and March is when the solar flare is going to hit. So um, you, you have this uh, the scene set later on in the year uh, just to like tease you on where it's going, but then it jumps back and shows you how it all uh, begins so um, it's an interesting look at you know just more or less normal people going about their normal lives um, no big deal no one's really paying attention to anything going on and then boom uh, this thing's going to wipe out you know all of the uh, electrical grids and uh, you know power supplies and electronics and whatever on earth so uh, it's an interesting setup and the way that it's done um, it's really this issue focuses on the characters and it it shows you that the solar flare is coming. Like it, it, it tells you like, you know, this, this day here at this time and you see the flare, you know, come off of the Corona of the sun. And then you see the people as they're, you know, going through their, their routine and the things happening and you know that it's coming. It's almost Hitchcockian in the way that like, you know, that it's coming and you know, it's going to you know be bad and you're waiting for that moment where it hits and you're just watching these people as they're you're seeing you know who's friends with who and how they know each other and all the connections that they're making so obviously these characters are you know going to interact with each other after everything happens um so i just thought it was it was pretty well set up and it was an interesting uh book the artwork is also kind of weird because they take these photo um like panoramic shots uh, and you can tell that he's using photographs and then running them through the computer and kind of overexposing them or um, you know, running them through some filters and then drawing the people on top of them. Um, so it has this look of, you know, like it's very realistic. Um, but then at the same time, it has this artistic flair to it. So uh, there are times you're looking at it and, it, you know, it looks very photographic. Uh, but then at the same time, it, it still has, uh, you know, a drawn look on top of it. And you can tell not that he, you know, laid the photograph down and just drew on top of it, but he actually, you know, ran it through some different uh, filters and ran some art processes on top of it and then drew the characters uh, and some of the backgrounds on top of it as well. So it's it's an interesting style. 
Um, and the characters, you realize that the characters that you see in the beginning are characters that you meet later on in the story, but their relationship, there seems to be something else, you know, going on. So something has happened. They reference some events that, you know, happened in between now and or March and late fall, um, but you don't know exactly what's going on. So I thought as a first issue, uh, it did a good job of laying down the ground uh, storyline. Um, it did a good job of introducing the characters. Uh, it had a unique, interesting art style. And it's one of these things where I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's really entertaining, uh, especially along the same. It feels like there's a similar vibe to something like Letter 44 uh, or even The Walking Dead with it having that, you know, post-apocalyptic uh, feel to it, even though we're starting before it hits. You can tell that it definitely has a dark tone to it. Uh, you're getting to like some of these characters in the first issue, but, you know, they're not all going to survive, uh, you know. So uh, bad things are coming to the world at large, and it's just a, a neat setup and uh, interesting look to it. So I felt overall it was a strong first issue. But I forgot there was one other Marvel book I read, and that Marvel book is probably my click of the week. Mm. Which... Uh, I don't know why I forgot it, except the fact that my son ran off with the actual paper copy. Ha! And then Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows number six. No kidding with the X-Men. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you missed it earlier. I had two X-Books to even talk about this week. Wow. Uh, And neither one was X-Men Blue. Yeah, I believe it. (laughs) So anyway, um, in this this issue, you know, as you know, this is uh, an alternate uh, universe, an alternate history, uh, Spider- Peter Parker and Mary Jane got married. They have a daughter. Uh, she's coming into her own powers in this uh, alternate timeline. And uh, in this particular issue, we have Magneto, and he is uh, building his Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. And it just so happens that as Magneto decides to strike, it's Charles Xavier has invited uh, Peter and Mary Jane and their daughter to come up to the school because he thinks it's a good place for her to fit in as she's learning about her powers and figuring out what she can and cannot do. And, you know, in case she ever gets out of control or, um, you know, she just doesn't know how to deal with having um, these abilities. Uh, Xavier thinks even though she's not a mutant per se, um, it would be a good place for her to grow up and to be around other people that have powers. And so uh, there's a whole conversation about, you know, she considers herself normal, but mutants consider their, themselves normal. And she's like, well, I'm just a kid. And like, well, these are all just kids, you know, uh, a lot of that type stuff about trying to, you know, figure out where you fit in and uh, what it means to be different. And, you know, some of those uh, things that kids go through. Uh, but then of course it just happens to be the day that Magneto and the new brotherhood of evil mutants come to uh, attack the school. So you get some fun stuff with that thrown in there. And, you know, even though at its heart, it's, uh, you know, Marvel and mutants and fighting and Magneto and all of that stuff. It still has that Saturday morning cartoon fun to it, um, even though it's not written as a book for all ages. It's not a book that necessarily like there's enough fighting and violence and whatever that they say it's not for five year olds to be sitting there reading. Um, but at the same time, it's the violence I think I feel is cartoony enough. It feels like a Saturday morning cartoon and being this uh alternate universe where he's got a daughter and just makes it a lot of fun. So this book, out of all the ones I read, this one had a great story. Uh, there was a lot to read to it. Um, there was a, a lot of neat stuff happening. Uh, the stuff with Magneto and the team coming, you know, they're coming early on. So you're just, you, you're reading, waiting for it to happen. And then when it happens, the mutants that he has are not the mutants you expect. So there's some different powers involved. 
Um, so it's really neat the way it's restructured and put together. Uh, there's uh, even talk about how this timeline avoided a whole civil war having to do with mutant registration, uh, which was a fun thing for them to throw in there. So uh, I really enjoyed it overall. And, and again, I think it's something that, um, you know, you might not give it to a, a four-year-old uh, to read. There's going to be too many words and too much stuff going on. They're not going to understand it, but uh, it really is uh, otherwise a good book for a wide array of readers and a lot of fun stuff going on there and a lot of interesting stuff happening at the same time. So uh, Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows 6 is actually my click of the week. You were talking about the um, Saturday morning cartoon feel. It actually did, as you were talking about it. You're underwater. Of course it is. Um, okay, here we go. How about that? There you go. Yeah, now you're fine. Yeah. Always click your settings, folks. Um, but anyway, like that, it reminded me of uh, the episode of Spider-Man and the Amazing Friends when they go to see the visit the X-Men, the X-Mansion. And also, weirdly enough, reminds me of the time Spider-Man thought he was a mutant, but I don't know. <laughs> Weird. So, outside of Agent 70's not, uh, not having this turn, everybody else is done? Yeah, I'm done. I'm done. I think Agent 70, I think the floor is yours, homie. All right. Um... There's really not much for me to talk about. It sounds like you guys probably covered most of the books this week, like Black Panther, The Crew, number one. Um, I don't know if anyone talked about Amazing Spider-Man, number 26. No. Nope. Nope. So this is actually a very close second for my click of the week because um, there's a lot of uh, action going on in this because of the reveals that happened in Amazing Spider-Man, number 25. There were two major uh, Spider-Man universe characters that returned to the pages of uh, Amazing Spider-Man and uh, the story has uh, gone on from there. Uh, Slot and I'm going to ring the spoiler bell here and I got to look for a good substitute for the spoiler bell when they finally cut off effects. But um, you can definitely see Slot deconstructing what he's constructed um, in the sense that uh, uh, Parker Industries and all that that all and the capabilities that gives Peter Parker uh, may be on their way out, and that is rapidly happening in the pages of Amazing Spider-Man. So it's kind of tough to see, you know, what we were kind of happy to see, which is Peter Parker finally getting a dose of non-Parker luck. You know, in that he was, you know, finally uh, realizing a lot of the potential that he had. Obviously, that was uh, a lot of that was built by one Otto Octavius. So um, it's a uh, you know, who does in fact, spoiler alert, play a, play a small role in this issue. Um, ultimately, uh, it's, it, it's a, it's a quick, uh, you know, it's a very quick read because there is so much going on. That's why it's a lot of fun, but it just makes me uncomfortable to see, you know, all that, uh, you know, what was good in, uh, Peter Parker's life, at least in terms of uh, material success is not long for the story. Um, did you guys get to Captain America, Sam Wilson, 21, anybody? No. Uh, Dang, y'all. So, very quickly, um, without spoiling too much, uh, Sam Wilson decides to do something fairly drastic with his uh, Captain America role. Um, You can kind of tell what that is just from the way I describe it, but it's a pretty uh, interesting and introspective issue uh, looking into the inner workings of Sam Wilson's mind um, as he considers all that has happened over the last 21 issues of his... um, of his uh, time in office, basically, as Captain America. So I recommend reading this because it does provide some insight into the character's thinking as we approach Secret Empire. And, uh, you know, without spoiling again, 
we already know from the covers of the next uh, issues that we're going to see uh, Sam Wilson dressed more along the lines of uh, Anthony Mackie's Falcon from uh, the Winter Soldier, and even from the Avengers, uh, the, from the Captain America movies, really. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy number nineteen. You guys talked about that. You yep. did. All right. My only note to add to that is, damn, yo, Thanos went out like a punk. Power Man and Iron Fist, number 15. You guys get to that? No. Nope. Wow. <clears throat> this, was a, this was actually a, a, a pretty nice ending to uh, this particular volume of Power Man and Iron Fist. Uh, I suggest uh, people read this as a collected edition because I think it's going to read uh, pretty well. And you guys talk about the Xbox Weapon X, number one, and uh, X-Men Blue, number one? Yeah, I, yes. I, my comment on Weapon X was that uh, it felt very much like an issue of old man Logan because he was such a uh, central point of it. It didn't branch out to any of the other characters really that were on the uh, cover except for, you know, two of them briefly. Right. Um, But otherwise it felt like it could have been just another issue of old man Logan. I agree. I feel like it's taking a little bit too long to get the band back together or get the band together period. Um, And I'm not reading this anymore because I can't take uh, Greg Land's art. Understandable. And uh, X-Men blue number one wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. But I still don't have uh, any interest in following uh, these original X-Men running around in today's world. So I guess we'll get to Clicks of the Week, and I'll talk about my Click of the Week. All right. Is that all right? You got something? Yeah. uh, I am going to pick Ragnarok number 12 um, as my Click of the Week um, from uh, the the genius mind of Walt Simonson, uh, published by IDW. Um, There's some great stuff in here. This is the end of the second... Uh, story arc in uh, Ragnarok, which follows um, basically the undead Thor. That's not really spoiling anything. We're 12 issues into the series. Um, uh, Thor has to deal with the uh, uh, the after effects and, 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 and uh, all the ramifications of what essentially was an occurrence of Ragnarok and um, uh, the, the denizens of the, the Nine Realms uh, who remain after um, the gods of Asgard have basically gone away. So without getting too deep into it, because this is the last issue of a fairly long and involved story arc, there's just a lot of fun to be had in this. There's lots of old school Simonson fun. The, uh, the lettering by uh, John Workman is uh, still here. The colors by Laura Martin are, uh, are, are eye popping. And, um, you know, there is in fact, um, uh, a very active uh, Asgardian squirrel uh, who plays a very large role in the story. So if, if uh get a kick out of the idea of a, of a squirrel uh, coming to the aid of the God of Thunder, then, uh, you know, you should read this. It's a lot of fun. You don't even necessarily have to be up on the story because I, 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 I kind of don't remember what, in, what happened in the last couple of issues. I just vaguely remember that uh, we are coming to uh, a confrontation that involves uh, Thor trying to regain a lot of uh, his strength to uh, to confront, um, or at least uh, try to prevent the death of uh, one of the uh, other main characters in the arc. So, okay. I just took a big swig of water, and I was like kind of choking on the water a little bit. I'm like, like, yo, oh, are we recording this for a new soundboard? What? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, yo. <laughs> well, let that be a lesson to you, kids. Uh, don't 
don't try to chug uh, half a bottle of bottled water while sitting at your desk. You need to stand up and get a good deep breath before you get started. <laughs> anyway. All right. So that's my Let's click see. of the week for this week. I'm going to go to X-Men Blue number one. <laughs> As Dirt tries to compose himself. <clears throat> oh, gosh. Um, you're, you're bubbling again, Roddy. Uh did y'all, so did mine go through? Yeah, X-Men Blue. Yeah, X-Men one. Blue. All right. Uh, what was yours again? Renew your vows. Okay. And I guess that leaves me with... Um, oops. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, hmm. I guess I will go to... Even though I did enjoy Black Panther the Crew number one, I will go with Unstoppable West number four. Wow. We covered all the bases tonight. What was yours, Doug? Uh, Amazing Spider-Man, Renew Your Vows, number six. Ad read. All right. So let's find a good ad read for this part of the show. Waiting it to load. (laughs) Nice. This section brought to you by GasX. Get rid of annoying gas bubbles. (laughs) So let me tell you about Skullcandy. Skullcandy makes the best headphones, earbuds, and gaming headsets all with lifetime warranties. Skullcandy produces many types of audio accessories, including headphones, sports earbuds, Xbox gaming headsets, PlayStation gaming headsets, DJ headphones, iPod, and MP3 headphones. And now, for the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles, Skullcandy offers free standard shipping on your order. To help keep our podcast free, order from Skullcandy by going to cspn.us, that's cspn.us, then clicking on the Keep Our Podcast Free link. Click on the Skull Candy banner and then shop for high quality audio accessories with free standard shipping. Skull Candy Audio through CSPN.us. Do it today. Nice. Alrighty. So in cinematic news, there's a new. Yeah, we were going to work on the timing once they phase out the, uh, the sound effects. I just jumped out of my chair. I know. Uh, there's a new trailer for an episode of Riverdale. Booze, Brawls, and Archie's mom make their way in the new trailer. There's a full metal alchemist teaser that takes us back to the beginning. A new Ghost and Show anime is announced. There's a reason Natalie Morales' powerless character is not called Fire. What is the reason? Uh, we address it, said Morales in a response to that very question on Twitter. <laughs> so, so. Okay. Yeah, apparently they call her Green Fury on the show and who actually is a, a member was a the name of a member from JLI and I don't know. Oh, all right, I see. Uh, I guess last week's episode there were raises the question: Who were the Arrow villains on the Powerless Bullseye? Which I think was actually the same episode that Fire, aka Green Fury, showed up. Whatever. Now I need to catch up. Yeah. Uh, who does Sylvester Stallone play in Guardians of the Galaxy Two? Spoiler alert: He is the one who point. knows. Evidence points to an obscure hero. Uh, we got our first Thor Ragnarok trailer, and it was awesome. Yeah! <laughs> and shout out to uh, Tim Dog ninety eight for doing a great write up on CBR. Yeah, I posted the trailer, and I got to do the biggest moments recap. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Nice. I was glad to see that. I was like, yeah, we got you know, we absolutely got some uh, some shine for uh, Tim Dog ninety eight. Uh, doing the uh, the best moments of the trailer. 
that was a lot of fun. That was definitely a highlight of the week of an otherwise uh, craptastic uh, couple of weeks of work um, and life. Uh, that trailer uh, brought, you know, that trailer, like a lot of people say, um, that trailer is life or, or brings life. That, that was a lot of, uh, a lot of fun. Life, week, man. Yeah, exactly. It gave me life. Are you kidding me? For real. How many times did you watch it? Because that's no, I can't even. Story. I can't even count at this point. I can't even count because I've played yeah, I it on my it phone myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. watch on my phone, watch it on the computer, iPad, wherever, man. It's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, you know. And what, you the know what's funny? Really also... quick, I was just gonna say very quickly before we move on. Um, the trailer uh, doesn't even have to be watched because you give Chris Hemsworth's line even out of context that he delivers towards the end. You know, or like one of the main lines that he delivers towards the end. Just right. someone literally not watching, not paying attention, but hearing that and the timing and the delivery and the comedic tone, it's already funny. You know, that's what happened to me already to, you know, like uh, in the last couple of days where someone just heard that and started laughing because it was funny. Mm. Uh, my friend Martian Cat, who's in the, uh, the YouTube uh, uh, chat, said that the trailer was amazing and she's not a fan of the Thor movies, but this one she's actually uh, excited for. And I think that was pretty much the reaction. Yeah. yeah. This one and looks I'm- good. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt him. You can follow up on the next Thor story. It is the it is Marvel and Disney's most watched trailer ever in 24 hours. <laughs> Avengers Infinity War set video sees Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen Scarlet Witch in action. She's making uh, sign language signs. <laughs> Probably. The New Warriors writer room, writer's room starts work. All right. The actress behind Valkyrie and Misty Knight. Express an interest in potential team up movie. Get that feel of Defenders going. I would rather a Daughters of the Dragon first, but yes, let's do this. Yeah, seriously, because there's already a daughter. There's already a, a Netflix, uh, exactly <clears throat> a Netflix uh, natural team up right there. Deadpool two cast Josh Brolin as Cable. I don't know how I'm to feel about this. What do you guys I'm think? Surprised about a lot of people. Yeah, so he's also Thanos for those who don't know in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but pulling Man, double this- duty. This, this guy doesn't care. He's also Jonah Hex in DC, so, you know, he doesn't care about that. He's trying to get paid. But, um, for every Deadpool, there was a Green Lantern, so just remember. That's true. That's true. But, you know, ultimately, you know, I, I don't know. I'm looking at it strictly from the, the point of view of w- whether or not this actor will do the character justice and, you know, bears a, at least a close enough resemblance that it won't be, uh, that, that we won't uh, completely suspend disbelief or that we will be able to suspend disbelief. At least with Thanos, he's that's more motion capture CGI magic. Whereas here, he'll be a lot yeah, we'll more involved. A lot more of his face, right? Mm. Some people are still on the Michael Shannon train, and yeah, I can see it. But here's what we got. Yep. Lucasfilm has spoken with Del Toro about directing a Star Wars film. Man, how dark is that going to be? Yeah, really. <laughs> you get a Hellboy cameo. That'll make Doug. That'll make PCN underscore Dirt happy. It'll probably be something like. Uh... Darth Vader going to some alien planet that's like a giant opium den and having nightmares the entire time. Which, I mean, hey, I'd watch that movie. Don't yeah, get me wrong, but... <laughs> like, yeah, you would. Star Wars Episode Nine will use old footage of Carrie Fisher. Hey, by the way, Star Wars Celebration is going on as we speak. So uh, It is. Every day is a Star nice. Wars Celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Forces of Destiny animated shorts and toys were revealed today. Going along with that celebration. Okay. The Batman's Joe Magnello gets seal of <laughs> approval from Deathstroke creator. All right. <clears throat> Manu Bennett's Deathstroke will return to Arrow despite actors' denials. 
Okay. Black Lightning and Fox's X-Men pilot likely getting series orders. Sure. All right. Aquaman director welcomes Dolph Lugren to the film. If he dies, he dies. Is that going to be the acting we get? Arrow, Wild Dog, and Black Canary are up to series regulars for season six. I've never cared about and, Wild Dog, so I don't know why, but okay. He has a following, I guess. Wait, wait, wait. Is that uh, the, the guy who wears the hockey mask and is DC yeah, version of the Punisher? Casey Jones alike, yes. Yeah, I like that guy. <laughs> He's uh, most recently been in Cave Carson, has a cybernetic eye, which is actually a really good series, too. Okay, weird. And Star Wars Rebels, Ahsoka Tano still set to appear again. Yay! Okay. Of course, we don't know how, so we don't know. You know, She's been missing since her fight with Vader at the end of season two, and there's been a lot of speculation and teasing whether she's dead or not. So, so they'll find her body? I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> uh, let's see. In comic news, Marvel Star Wars is getting a bot set slipcase. But it's the, the enhanced slip- edition, so they went back and redrew a bunch of the panels. Is that what George happened? Lucas jokes, people. Come on, George Lucas. Oh. <laughs> that said, it actually looks pretty good. I got the um the picture up of what the, the, the set's gonna look like. Jeez, here it is. Not bad. Yeah. So cha-ching. Probably cost more than a couple dollars. I would think so. Uh, Star Wars, from a certain point of view, anthology book celebrates forty years of a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. So. Another book that's got a lot of writers attached to it. We're apparently doing this for free. Uh, and here's the list of names. Some you probably know, some you may not know. But it's, yeah, it's a lot of jokers. Comet Blitz launches its Android app. Marvel statements on the controversial X-Men Gold artist who was eventually fired. What a loser. Freaking, <laughs> freaking guy. Freaking ruining, literally ruining our three out of four click of the week last week. And, and none of us saw it because it's so subtle and it's obviously so very targeted to a very specific audience, you know, namely some, some, some folks protesting in the capital of Indonesia, Jakarta. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and it referenced, you know, and it, it, it caught my, what caught my eye was the obvious uh, lettering and numbering uh, reference to a, to a, apparently a verse in the Quran um, on uh, Colossus's t-shirt during the, uh, the end uh, baseball game scene. And it's clear as day, and I remember thinking, what team is that referencing? You know, I'm you know, right. one of the sports fans here, right? And what on earth is, you know, are, are they putting on this guy's T-shirt? Is that some random, you know, base, like minor league baseball team or something? What could that be? But, you know, not thinking too much of it, we just flipped right past it. But, uh, you know, leave it to uh, the intrepid people in, uh, in Indo who, who figured out that, that what those references were for. And, uh, you know, they took to social media and spread the word. Well, next thing you know, this dude is on the blacklist. I have to give credit for Tim. He's the only one that had a click of the week uh, last week that was not a hate crime. Shout out to me. (laughs) (laughs) Way to pat yourself on the back there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Right. And then, Uh, and then, that new Black Panther movie. Oh, no, I was about to say, and then uh, Dingbat over here, Ardian uh, Syaf, decides to dig the, the whole little deeper today. Was that today, Dirt, that you were pointing out? Uh, some, I saw message? it today. Actually, uh, there's, a guy, been... there's a guy on YouTube named um, Appbend, I think his name, Appabend. He's an Indonesian right. guy who actually does a lot of videos talking about comics and video games and whatever. And so right. as an Indonesian, he was especially 
angry about yeah. uh, this going I'm on. I mean, I'm from America, but still Indo, you know? Um, but he's the one that had the link to it. Yeah. So I'm not sure exactly. I think he posted the video yesterday, so it could be from yesterday or the day before. Right. And this dude decides to speak to a local, you know, pulp paper or whatever in Indo and, you know, talking smack about, you know, what, what it is to uh, offend people at Disney and Marvel. And it's way to dig yourself a, a deeper hole. And I believe this was after dude tried to apologize. Well, Nate not tried to apologize. Yeah, after he did try to, exactly. Yeah. So. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt him. I wanted to get that out, get that over with. No problem. That new Black Panther movie costume you've been seeing everywhere is actually just an action figure. I want it. I want it. Say what? Oh, oh, okay. Is that that much different from the costume that was in Civil War? Um, I think the... More gold, it looks like. Yeah, the gold part. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Gold trim. Okay. But I mean, there's been figures that 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 has had this particular type of trim before it. But um, but yeah, this is a good looking figure, and people were thinking that was the the suit for the for his movie. So, uh, Hellboy gets his own Hellwater whiskey. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, I I thought PC and underscore Dirt would be ecstatic about this, but then I see what the flavor actually is. Yeah, I am I am not a fan of cinnamon at all. Although my wife does like cinnamon, she she'll try that Fireball. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff every so often, so I may buy it just to have her drink it, and then I can just <laughs> keep the empty bottle, you know? Yeah, that's okay. I don't know anybody who likes cinnamon liquor, but uh, there's a lot of people that do, somebody. actually. Yeah. That was like a big deal when I was in college. That's a long time ago. It's like in the Stone hey, Age. Before. I don't know anybody that watches The Voice, and yet that show is on every week with high ratings, so I mean, there's always... I do, but... I know, people, I know people that watch The Voice. I know people that watch The Voice. My wife loves that show. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, moving on. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 2017 Glyph Comics Award nominees were announced. Yeah. Congratulations to a bunch of people, including uh, Black Panther writer Ta-Nehisi Coates, uh, Black writers uh, Kwanzi. I can't forgive me for trying to pronounce your name. But, uh, uh, writer of Mask, uh, Brandon Easton. Let's see. Uh, a bunch of people got um, got some stuff on here. Brian Stelfreeze for Black Panther for Best Artist, and uh, the list goes on and on. So, congrats! I'm not sure when that when those awards are going to happen, but could so Tom King has been tweeting some cryptic images and quotes, possibly into a New Gods series. There was one yesterday, which is on the screen now, and then there was an updated another one this afternoon slash evening. Uh, the one today had actually showed Orion's face, uh, Mitch Gerard's artwork. So uh, we know it's summer 2017. It's not far from now, man. Nope. And he also teased this on the December 2016 uh, podcast with uh, Work Workroom podcast with John Suntress. Shout Wait out to John Suntress. Wait a minute. That I did listen not... to this. <laughs> what artwork he did said, you think it was? Mitch Gerard's. No, he's not talking about this one. He's talking about another one. Well, there's one Moss. of uh, Orion's face, but I'm looking at it. it does not it looks more like a Bilson Kevich type of. What's uh, the, let's see it. Can you put it up? To, uh, no, there? you missed the whole conversation earlier. Uh, the new Windows 10 update has killed my webcam software. Oh, lame. Uh, so I got to figure out how to get around it. Okay. Yeah. It 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 looks like someone from another Vertigo book, but I can't. Place. I don't know. I think it, it looks it looks like draws to me. But what is it? A Tom King tweet? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, there's a tweet from it. about six hours ago. Is it right I'll here? Yep, that's the one. Oh, okay. I have no idea who drew that. That's weird looking. No offense, to, no, no offense to the artist. That's kind of weird looking, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired, man. It's a long day. 
Uh, new Star Wars action figures address where's Ray controversy. No Hera though, but got everybody else. Yep. And this was also along with that uh, earlier article about the Force of Destiny um, animated series or animated short, whatever. <clears throat> Greg Rucka is leaving Wonder Woman with issue 25. Starting to kick in, isn't it? <laughs> and Liam Sharp, Sharp <laughs> announced he is leaving Wonder Woman, but not DC Comics. It was announced that the DC superhero um, girls writer Shay Fontana is going to be the new writer with Mirko and Dolfo as the artists. Okay. Okay. And Justice 2 introduces and explains power building gear system right there. Uh, so there was an even Justice 2 trailer for. It's going to have gear, so. I mean, it's going to have rarity to it, sounds like. So, yeah. There's a new Justice 2 trailer for Scarecrow. Bloodshot celebrates 25 years of violence with Bloodshot's day off. And today, today, again, was the Star Wars celebration weekend kickoff with the 40th anniversary uh, panel, and there's new toys, apparently. Because, of course, it's got to make money. <laughs> of course there's new toys. I mean, that's I mean, why they make new movies. Come on. Of course. Uh, there's a bit of news here. Was that Did I miss it uh, earlier? Um, the, the rumor that, uh, that was online about uh, a certain uh, tech company and a certain entertainment company that owns a certain comic book company? Apple buying Disney. Yeah. yeah. That's, I don't know if that was on the list and I just missed it or we it scrolled past it. not on the list. Because so. I think it broke today, and uh, you know when I read that and and saw that um, you know through a little birdie, I kind of heard that you know the, these rumblings are not uh, just uh, based on uh, fantasy. So you know it's uh, you know take that take that for what it is. It's kind of uh, interesting that a, a a tech company with that much cash on hand would 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 be able to put together an offer uh, to buy out pretty much the world's biggest entertainment company. Mm. I. I actually am unsurprised by it because do because you can and who else would do something like that but Apple, right? If especially if it's profitable. True enough. True enough. It's just you know it's you know you know anytime you start thinking about the implications of having all that um, all of that under one roof, that's you know that that that's what uh, I think bothers most people. Without having uh you know there there's less independence. There's less you know down the road. There's uh the chance a very strong chance of less choice. So. Well, for some people, well, that's the only choice, but those people are kind of loony. A lot of places, I'm looking at, at uh, places like The Street and Motley Fool, and they all seem to think that it's it's just somebody is... Uh, Pulling legs? Well, just thinking out loud that it's not... Right. Like, they, you know, they, they value it as uh, uh, an option greater than 0%, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. greater than 0%, uh, well, okay, so it could be 1% viable. It could be 5% viable, you know? <laughs> And I feel like it's a, a rumor that's come up before for some reason. Yeah, actually, uh, according to The Street, uh, they say uh, conversations about Apple buying Disney go back as far as 2006. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, and by the way, real quick, um, so we probably need to push this along because he's something. Um, oh, sure, I can't find it. Um, oh, uh, Marsh Cat in the chat says, Star Wars Every Day, I'm with you guys. And there was a comment from Matt Wang that I was going to say something about, but I can't find that, so... What about the the Black Panther figure? Yeah, that's what it was. Uh, and yeah. It, yeah, it probably is. Yeah, it's a clear. Yeah, it's a clear reference. That, the gold yeah, trim. Because that clear definitely wasn't to the, uh, yeah. the Tashira and Chris Priest run. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh that's definitely a shout out to that design. Yeah. One other Fly news Star? that one other news mm-hmm. I 
remember seeing today was there's going to be a animated adaptation of Watchmen. Okay. I feel like that's been done. So, yeah, I was about to say. I don't know. But maybe not. Did they do a motion comic not, of the entire Yeah, there was a motion yeah, something or another, but this is going to be comic or animated. Um, apparently, TriStar uh, has hired, I don't know who this guy is, Fede Alvarez, to direct a film that will be in the set in the same universe as Jim Henson's Labyrinth. Um, they say okay. it will not be a uh, it will not be a remake, okay. uh, but it will be set in the same universe years later. Okay. So, hmm. so maybe not a direct. Hey, did you guys pull any of the hip hop covers this week? No, because the only one I wanted that uh, my shop didn't have. Which one was that? The uh, uh, Black Panther and the Crew. Uh, I was about to say apologies for the uh, the paper bag rustling because you know I have to get my hip hop covers from Midtown Comics this week. So, believe it or not, they actually had a second printing of America Number One, um, and they did another uh, hip hop cover um, based off of um, uh, Hamilton again. They called it the America se- Second Printing. So I picked uh, that up. Uh, it was what the uh, Black Panther and the crew. Yeah, is this another rehash of the Fujis? I believe it is. Yeah. So it's the second time they're using the same cover, <laughs> or it could be. Um, actually, it could be. Um, Ah, oh, shoot. Um, whatever that super group, core, core, core super group was with Nas and... Um, oh, you're right. You're you right, know, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Oh, man. No, not the... Uh, oh, man, now it's now it's on the... It, it was on the tip of my tongue for a half second. And it was like Nas, Dre, and... Uh, uh, I can't remember what Well, I mean, the, 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 I was about the to say... Firm. The, the firm. Yeah, that's it. The firm. Yeah. I was about to say it's not the commission because that was big and 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 right, it's, it's right. The firm. Yeah, that's I think it. that's a take off the firm. That's it. That's it. All right. Um, I also picked up the uh, the Weapon X hip hop cover. Not sure what this is referencing. And last but not least, the X Men Blue hip hop cover. Oh wait, that might have been um brand Nubian, but I'm not sure. Here. Yeah. yeah. I'm not as familiar with the cover. And um. Yeah, X-Men it is Blue brand Nubian one for all. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. There you go. For me. There you go. <laughs> Thank you, Google. Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah, so I picked up the four hip hop covers that came out this week. Cool, cool. All right, so I guess we'll wrap it up with our last ad read of the night. Yep. So as always, I when I'm in a rush, I will I will uh, default to the quickest ad read that we have in our arsenal. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the keep our podcast free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, or apparel. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through CSPN.us. Do it today. Nice. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Follow us on our individual Twitter accounts. I'm at timdogg 98 and at cbcron. The man with sound effects tonight was at RoddyCat and at NewsNerdsNeeds. Hi, Mom. And on Instagram, on at cbcaps. Yep. Agent70 is at agent underscore 70. And that is on Twitter and Instagram, right? Yep. And Doug is at PCN underscore dirt 
on Twitter and go to his website, popculturenetwork.com. I'm just a shell of my former self. Ah! I'm mad that we can't even see your, like when you speak, that, at least on my side, it doesn't even show your avatar with the yeah, it doesn't. mask on. Yeah. I, I at least see the avatar. If I don't, if I don't click on it, I see him in, in the row, but if I click on it, it goes to black. Doesn't show. You know, it's probably for the best in the long run that my face is as far away from <laughs> eyeballs as can possibly be. It's what you say now. Of course he says this, exactly. Of course he says this after we, we we finally, after years and years, become friends on the Facebook. <laughs> the Facebook. I'm deleting yeah. my Facebook right now. <laughs> so have fun this weekend. Happy Easter if you celebrate. Happy Easter! If you're going to see Fast and Furious, I call it with that. Yes, yeah. Fast and Furious weekend. Yeah, yo, can I tell you real quick? I got an invite to the premiere, the world premiere, in Manhattan, and you know where the stupid email went to my spam box? I was like, "What?" <laughs> That's telling. Killing me, killing me. That's yo. Fail. For Actually, no, it didn't go to my. It didn't, you know what? It didn't, it didn't go to spam. It went to promotions. Thank you, Gmail. Mm. Oh yeah, I, I turned those things off. Yeah, I got yeah. rid of those. Yeah. I am now working my way through the Fast and Furious franchise, and I am now running into uh, Tokyo Drift, which is going to be my next movie. Good I've seen luck that your time. Yeah, I've seen it before. I don't, I don't, I don't know. So what? I said you're taking your time. I see. You mean, yeah, well, I did too yesterday, and then my wife wanted to see Tokyo Drift, but so we didn't watch it last night, and I'm like, oh, oh. and I didn't watch it without her. So cool. So yeah, I'll let you know next week how I thought of the the film. Yeah, and I'm too much to try to watch it before then. We are the Comic Book Chronicles, and we are signing off. Peace! Peace.